semen sperm. Get over here. This is the story of a soldier who operates your nation's Patriot Missile Defense Systems. It begins in California, with a little girl raised by two moms. Although I had a fairly typical childhood, took ballet, played violin, I also marched for equality. I like to think I've been defending freedom from an early age. When I was six years old, one of my moms had an accident that left her paralyzed. Doctors said she might never walk again. But she tapped into my family's pride to get back on her feet, eventually standing at the altar to marry my other mom. With such powerful role models, I finished high school at the top of my class and then attended UC Davis, where I joined a sorority full of other strong women. But as graduation approached, I began feeling like I'd been handed so much in life, a sorority girl stereotype. Sure, I'd spent my life around inspiring women, but what had I really achieved on my own? One of my sorority sisters was studying abroad in Italy. Another was climbing Mount Everest. I needed my own adventures, my own challenge. And after meeting with an army recruiter, I found it. A way to prove my inner strength and maybe shatter some stereotypes along the way. I'm U.S. Army Corporal Emma Malone Lord, and I answered my calling. Okay. It's a beautiful story. It's 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 a heartwarming story. I got a little goosebump going on. I'm not gonna lie. It's a very it's it's cute. It's cuddly. It's not what we need in the military. We don't need this. We don't need a woke military. We don't need a soft military. We need a military that's extremely prejudiced and selective. And they don't care about your feelings because joining the military is not a right. It's earned. And some people do not qualify. Did you realize that the United States military, any branch that you want, have quota? And they are assigned how many black people who are in college or in high school or single or under 35 or 20 can can get in for that month? Recruiters have bonuses that they are given based upon being racially selective, anatomically selective, based upon education selective. So many things that you knew about recruiting. I spent over a year in a recruiting office. I'll tell you how I got out of literally my first duty station was a recruiting office. As an intelligence specialist, ISSN, which is an E3. And I got a recruiting station. Talk about just perfect cush duty. I got pulled out early, but it doesn't matter. The point is, I learned some crazy stuff. Now, I want you to watch this video. This is Russia. 
And this is a recruitment video for the Big Red Bear. And I want you to watch the difference between these two. And you tell me what you see. Это первый день твоей новой жизни. То, что было вчера, не имеет значения. То, кем ты был прежде, уже никого не волнует. Теперь важно то, кем ты будешь сегодня. Что ты знаешь о себе? I'm playing it, David. I'm playing it. Not only do I know it, I'm playing it. На что ты способен? Вопросы могут остаться без ответов, но разве ты сможешь потом спокойно спать? Узнать тебя, познать границы своих возможностей. К черту границы. Ты готов ломать себя до изнеможения. Каждый день здесь боль закаляет. Шрамы, повседневность. Это ты решил себе что-то доказать. Командир здесь только для того, чтобы ты мог увидеть в нем врага. Потому что без врага нет боя, а без боя нет победы. Но на самом деле, главный враг это ты. Вчерашний ты. Твоя задача выследить врага, догнать его, превзойти, стать лучше, чем он, и вернуться назад победителем. Потому что завтра первый день твоей новой жизни. Holy! Are they accepting applications? What the hell? Let me ask you a question. You're a country. You're a sovereign nation. You can't fight for yourself. We had one of our listeners talk about polio. What, have you, what if you have a debilitating disease? Maybe you can't fight for your country. Which one do you want? Do you want the sweet corporal who went through some amazing things in her life and that story is very, very important but shouldn't be a recruitment video? Because we're not recruiting for the Care Bears or Rainbow Sprite or My Little Pony. We want people who can complete a mission. And that mission is to win war, period. I've got a full thing presented, and I'm just going to have to do the story. I'm going to have to do the show live. But I want to show you one other video, and this is a United States Marine Corps video that took today's world, not the woke BS, but the video game player sitting on the couch and the guy locked in on his phone and made a badass commercial. This is a recruitment video. This is the one that should be playing, not that other crap. Searching for meaning in a relentless world. Always connected, but somehow alone. Trapped by illusion. We offer another path where the battle to belong begins awakened by a calling united by purpose defined by the cause you fight for it's not about you but you gotta get over there no one can ever take away you are in this room what it means to be among the few the proud, the Marines. Rainbows, cupcakes, and kittens were most assuredly hurt in the making of that movie. So here we go, episode 205. We're going to do it live and I'll cut it later. 
I'm going to make a statement that some people will understand immediately who are listening and watching right now. We are live 100% Don't Unfriend Me, episode 205. My name is Matthew Spear. I am your host. People will understand this immediately and others will get their panties in an immediate bunch. But hold on. Here it goes. Are we ready? The military is prejudiced. They're prejudiced. And they damn well should be. The truth is the military isn't for everyone. The military is a lifetime commitment. And once you enter the ranks, you are immediately in the fraternal order of the U.S. Armed Forces. It isn't based on color, creed, sexual disposition, gender, or religion. It is based on one factor. Will you put the mission above all other wants and needs? After that, nothing really matters. Some of the biggest shitbags I have met were in the military, and I would also let you know that I would die for every one of them. From smelly socks hanging on their rack on Ricky Sunday to the guy who was literally a soup sandwich and couldn't shine a shoe to save his life, it didn't matter. Because you never knew the measure of a person until blood and bone were shed. The true test of character isn't about the simple and mundane, but the internal and the immediate. These trials of tribulation put all in the light, all to have their shot, for all to be propelled into greatness. And their folding habits had little to do with their ability to rise to an occasion. Did we have people roll out? Did we have some crack under the pressure? Absolutely. But most didn't even make it out of MEPS in the first place. And the ones that did make it through were cast out quickly, decisively, with extreme prejudice. It started in May of 1994. I told my Marine Corps father that I was going to join the Navy. He looked at me with what appeared to be disappointment, but honestly, that was a gaze I had felt more often than not in our relationship. I wanted intelligence, and I knew that naval intel was the finest in all of the branches. I didn't care if he was upset. I was going to make it happen, and I was going to work intelligence for the military. I went to my local recruiter, and in my naivety, I figured they would be desperate for a white male under 20 who was 6'4 and slightly out of shape. I was moldable. Dumb enough to have a hero complex and honestly messed up as Hogan's goat. Without a high school diploma, the first thing was to get my GED. I didn't understand how a GED would make me a better sailor. I figured I would apply myself and get into intel because I had the want to do so. But the military doesn't care about what you want. It doesn't care about your desire to excel. It is simply a part of what you bring to the party or you never get to the front door in the first place. I went back to adult education. My recruiter didn't want me to take the ASVAB because he probably thought my head were full of rocks, and he wasn't far off too far, to be honest. I received my GED in record time and scored an abysmal score that barely got me in. I didn't study. I didn't take it seriously. And like most things in life, I didn't take it or myself very seriously, but I passed. The funny thing, really, if I would have went in at that time, I would have failed miserably. I know that with zero equivocation, I would have failed. One week later, the military decided to no longer accept GEDs, and all delay entry program candidates had to obtain a high school degree. I was in that rock in a hard place. Almost made it, but didn't quite. My recruiter submitted the request, and it was subsequently denied. And that was my first stint with the Navy. Before I had even flirted with a pen to paper, I was denied. It didn't make sense to me, and I was frustrated. That frustration led to anger and a new attitude of ambitious resentment for the military. I was going back to school. 
I dropped out of school in my first month of my senior year back in high school. I was reckless and I had zero motivation. And when I entered the doors of McLean Adult Education in Lakewood, Colorado, some years later, I knew it was going to be a challenge. The summer was coming and it was prime time to get my rate that I wanted in Intel. Summer recruitment is the worst time to enter, but still Christmas is the absolute worst. Nobody signs up during those times and rates are essentially few and far between. Those are the times to really enter that fray if you want to get picky with what job you want. My counselor for high school, Mr. Dermer, stared at me and breathed a deep sigh as he looked at my old high school transcripts. He explained that I just was a, wasn't just a few credits away from my high school diploma, but well over a full year of studies and would be required to graduate with my diploma after that full year. He reviewed my options and said that in adult education, things moved faster but it still would take at least eight months. Now, I had heard about the cutbacks from President Clinton. I spoke to the recruiting office ad nauseum, and I was aware of the chances of getting the job I wanted or even getting in in the short term because of cutbacks. It was intel or nothing at all, and I was gambling the most important commodity, time. I asked Mr. Dermer, what would it take to get it done in three months and to be there by the end of summer? He replied in a sheepish tone, a miracle. Well, two and a half months later, I received my diploma and Mr. Dermer's faith in the Lord was restored. What happened? I buttoned down. I focused on the mission and nothing was going to get in the way of completing my objectives. Years later, I now reflect on that time. I reflect that 20% of candidates applying for the military are turned away. From the ASVAB score to medical ailments to criminal records, hell, even the color of your skin or whether you went to college. You see, the military is a well-rounded and extremely diverse institution, but that's not its goal. Recruiters literally have peg forms, back then at least. They were allowed to recruit so many white high school, some college graduates under 21, so many African-American non-high school grads over 28. It was in all aspects a shopping list of human beings. No, maybe a Christmas list. Of the ideal makeup and demographic to support the mission. Fill the roles needed to complete the mission and only that. You can use the word selective, prejudice, picky, whatever. It begins the first day and it never ends as long as you remain in its embrace. Now, I can go into my entire service from start to finish, but that wouldn't leave enough for other shows, so I'll hold on to that. My career is like thousands of others. Mine and my shipmates or my fellow service members to discuss. I saw more than some, less than others, did things that would make some run away and others stand their ground, lost some, won some, but most importantly, I recognized that my feelings were secondary to the mission. My loyalties were always to the person to my left and right, and that there are no atheists in the military when GQ sounds or mortar fire starts bombarding your area. All who serve understand the code, and that is why we served in the first place to being into an elite group and measuring ourselves against the elite of the elite and then do it again. The military doesn't forgive selfishness, self-centeredness, cowardice, self-doubt, weakness, save asses, kiss asses, or any other descriptor that puts you before others. Now, Now, that doesn't mean that every unit didn't have people with those characteristics, but those people were tolerated at the very least marginalized. Braggarts are everywhere, but the quiet professionals, those are the ones. They've seen things you can't imagine. The camaraderie, the mission, the downtime, the full joy. These are the moments that are often missed. 
and bring on the worst evenings while we are alone. The military needs, no requires, a mental and physical toughness that isn't understood until you are up against the decisions that can end the mission, the people with you or yourself. Now, there are two different types of soldiers, airmen, sailors, Marines, Coast Guardmen, any veteran will tell you. The ones who saw combat and the ones that didn't. This is where the rubber meets the road. There are pogs and grunts, BDUs and dungarees, armchairs and the tip of the sword. All are important. All are needed to complete the mission. But the mission is designed around those that do the work and those who support who do the work. There is a clear delineation and either you did or you didn't, period. No judgment, no hierarchy is created or separation between the two. But they are completely different experiences and important to distinguish in this episode. Our enemies are preparing for their mission. And their mission is simple. War. They are committed, determined, and in all sense of the term, underdogs. They have to train harder, faster, and be more lethal than any other. Because our reputation is predicated on the past and not today. Our military has become soft, has become inclusive, to a detriment. We now have chits to lift up when physical training is too hard, or recruits are getting yelled at too much. They simply raise the card and are sent to the chaplain. No longer will you be taken into the showers for a little personal motivation from your RDC or drill sergeant. Drilling with weapons, hand-to-hand combat, close-quarter combat, or theory in several branches. The Marines haven't lost the edge. But if you ask other Marines, they may say they are just as soft as the other branches used to be tough. I learned a long time ago to never speak for Marines. Jarheads take their shit seriously, so I'm not doing that. But if you ask them, I am sure they have questions about today's Marines and how they are trained. The point is our enemy is preparing to give their lives for their countries. They are emulating the things we used to demonstrate. They understand the recipe for success. And it might be cute to make a cartoon for candidates who are on the fence about joining. And I can say this with zero hesitancy. Stay home. There are plenty of things you can do in the civilian sector to support the home front. Not everybody gets to join the military, and it isn't a right for you to join. It discriminates for a purpose, and that purpose is to not only complete the mission, but to save the lives of those negotiating that very mission. We have a job to do. That job is to win wars, kill the enemy, and get home. If your motivation is to get money for college, to pass the time until like you grow up, or have no desire to truly be a servant to your country, stay home. Because other countries are training to do the same thing you are. They believe their motives are true. That their spirit is just. That you are most assuredly the enemy. And if you cannot exceed their own convictions and find that inner strength to achieve anything and everything that is asked of you, stay home. Because America needs warriors again. We don't need sensitivity. We don't need safe places. We don't need diversity training. We need that one thing that all veteran and Americans who have served possess. The fighting spirit and selfless dedication to serve their country, their God, and most importantly, the mission. 
Folks, that's it for episode 205. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you had a good time. Remember, we will go out like we always do. I'm going to stay on live for a little bit of time. You can hang hang tight if you want. 1-800-273-8255. Press 1, the Veteran Crisis Hotline. 22 veterans a day commit suicide. It is way too many. PTS, traumatic brain injury, depression, anxiety, all serious. They need your help. When we get around the holiday seasons, it bumps up to 25 to 27 veterans committing suicide a day. We are losing a generation of heroes. Please start a conversation, especially now. The fall of Afghanistan is having an emotional impact and sending waves to the military community. I was not in Afghanistan in that sense in this war, and I will tell you that my friends and family and the people I care about are absolutely impacted by this. Reach out, have a conversation, talk to them. If you can't, message me. Call me, email me, and I will get on the phone and try to help as well. If that doesn't work, please call this number or go to don'tunfriendme.com and you will be connected to the Veteran Crisis Hotline free of charge in the top right-hand corner and a Veteran Crisis Hotline operator will talk to you. If you're a civilian, same thing. Doesn't matter. If you need help, pick up the phone. They will never turn you away. Folks, that's it for my show. You don't have to leave. I'm going to go ahead and do the closing, and I'll be back in about 15 seconds, and we can go ahead and talk about all the live comments, have a conversation, and play some grab ass. Have a good night. I will talk to you in just a few seconds.